As Harvard student Mark Zuckerberg creates the social network site that would become known as Facebook, he is sued by the twins who claim he stole their idea and by the co-founder who was later squeezed out of the business. This is Movie Time Machine. This is your host, Chad, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Movie Time Machine, where we take movies from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie is The Social Network, released in the year 2010, directed by David Fincher, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, Justin Timberlake, and Army Hammer. But before we get into the movie discussion, let's do some introductions and let all the listeners know what we've been watching. Hey, Casey here. Uh, I actually haven't been watching a lot. I've been uh, working on updating my computer because I want to play Half-Life Alex, which just came out. So I've been watching a lot of YouTube on that, getting hyped and uh, getting my HTC Vive set back up to play that. Hey, everyone. This is Chris. I just finished uh, The Tiger King, which was really interesting and um, super fun to, to check out. Hey, this is Jamie. I, believe it or not, am a survivor head. It's one of the few network TV shows I still hold on to, and this season is Winners at War, and it's good stuff. Hey, it's James. Um, I'm just getting into um, some of the Modern Family. The uh, series finale, I think, is coming up in a couple weeks or something, so I'm just trying to get caught up on that, so... I don't have to have any spoilers because, you know, that movie's all about, or that show's all about cliffhangers. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good. And this is Chad. And, um, you know, with kids, I get, I get pulled into a lot of, uh, children's television and actually just finished watching a cool series on Netflix called, um, green eggs and ham. You may be familiar with that story, but, uh, it's been turned into an animated series, and it is pretty witty. It's quite funny, and if you have kids, I definitely would recommend uh, watching that with them. And speaking of kids, I also want to do a plug for uh, Mickey Mouse on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's just called Mickey Mouse. It's like shorts, like, like three to five minutes long, and the animation style reminds me of... Uh, Ren and Stimpy, kind of, and it's quite funny. So, another, another uh, good thing to watch with your kids if you're into that. Chad, that Green Eggs and Ham isn't that done by like someone like I don't like a Stephen Colbert or uh, Conan or something? Isn't it? It has like a big name attached to it. Yes. Uh, who is who it? Is Do you remember? That? I know, like the voice acting cast is awesome as well because it has like. Uh, um, is it like Jane Lynch or Ellen DeGeneres or something? Gee, because I know like Eddie Izzard is on that. Um, Michael Douglas, Diane Keaton, Tracy Morgan, John Tutoro, uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Um, is that the same, uh, the same group that did The Grinch Show, that new animated version of the Grinch, which is a little different than the book. Yeah, which is the the most recent anime. Yeah, is that the same is that the same like style? Or was that the same people that made both of those or is it yeah, different? I don't know if it's the same people, but the 
it's not uh, commute, computer animated like the Grinch, um, like that 3D animation. Oh, okay. But no, it's really good. It's quite witty. Um, I kind of hopped in with uh, my son, like maybe two, three episodes in. That caught my attention. It was it's it's pretty funny. It's kind of a something nice and lighthearted to watch. Um, you know, sometimes are like they are right now. So yeah, check it out. I know I went a little bit long on that, but yeah, just wanna something to brighten everyone's spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was just gonna say you kind of sold me on this green eggs and ham. I might put it on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> James, I didn't know you were sixty or dying. So. Well, I mean, you could be COVID, right? <laughs> I mean, really, anybody's COVID, got a chance. Yeah. Chad, if you're gonna make a bucket <laughs> list, not right. right. I, totally, like, <laughs> totally, but was not aware of that. <laughs> oh man. Cool. I mean, you are you are a old motherfucker, and so let's be honest. You are one of those. Uh, you are a population at risk. Yeah, I mean, I just read that somebody in their thirties died. So I mean, yeah, like thirty eight or thirty six. Yeah. So I am ah, up there. I just uh, we're all goners. I just all turned forty three this past week. So yeah, I'm getting up there. Oh, happy belated. Happy thank birthday, you. belatedly. Thank you. Thank you. This is the part where y'all feel guilty now that you didn't know it was my birthday, but that's okay. Happy birthday to the ground. I never go on Facebook. How apropos. <laughs> that wouldn't help you either because on my Facebook profile, I have my birthday as January 1st, 1918 or something like that. So this this past January 1st, I was getting all these like happy birthday like mentions. And I was like, oh, I just want to thank everybody for all the ha- happy birthday wishes. But I just want to let you know my birthday's in March. <laughs> but anyway. Despicable. <laughs> I'm glad I'm making myself laugh right now. Um, all right. This week's movie is The Social Network, directed by David Fincher, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, Justin Timberlake, and... This other guy, I have him as Army Hammer, but I was reading in another profile that says, said his name was Armin Hammer. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Chad, are you high? No, I'm on my second beer, so. Atta boy. So pretty much. <laughs> you know, yeah. since we've been on lockdown, I've drank more beer in the last three weeks than I have this entire year combined. Which still isn't a lot. <laughs> But that's why they considered the liquor stores essential. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I've been saving so much money since this lockdown. It's been incredible because I can no longer go to the bars and drink. Oh. <laughs> and I'm lazy, which means I don't want to have to go to essential uh, liquor store. So you also have a full pantry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I, I do. And then, then delivered for like a brief, like, week and a half and then they stopped which was the right thing of covid they didn't that's rude i love those people (laughs) (laughs) they love you yeah that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) but all right let's uh dive into the social network um any hot takes just to start off opinions who has seen this movie for the first time or what was this was this the first viewing for anyone on this past this is the second time i've watched this film i haven't seen it since uh it this came was out on home video 
This is my first second. trip around the Facebook sound. Oh my god, what? what? Tell me yep. more. Yeah. yeah. So, should we start there? Yeah, I, my hot take is I feel about this one how everyone but Chris felt about Zodiac. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, explain. I will. I'm hoping that. Wait, um, I thought you also like Zodiac, and nobody else did. I'm confused by that comment. Maybe I, maybe I said it wrong. I everyone but Chris. Well, I guess everyone did like Zodiac. I it's not that I didn't like the Social Network. I guess it was. Um, I think just built up for me. Um, another. I think. I I don't know. Different podcasts and lists have really shouted this out as. Uh, one of the best movies, the best movie of 2010. Uh, I know you guys like it a lot, so I, I guess my expectations were really high. And it just it missed the mark for me, but I, I can't figure out why. Because I love Fincher and I love Sorkin. Oh, get it? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> did not do that on purpose. Mr. Mark? Yeah. I, well, yeah, help me, guys. Help me, help me figure this out. Well, I guess, like, first... What is it that, like, you feel like, so it was hyped up for you, but, like, what is it about the movie that, like, didn't stick for you or that you didn't enjoy or that didn't stand out? Um, was it, were you, you really into MySpace at the time, right? And then Facebook came along and just kind of ruined your day? Busted. <laughs> Busted. Hey, man, I gotta say, MySpace, though, was awesome for, like, if you had a band and, like, getting gigs, like, I'm telling you. Or teaching Did yourself you? coding. Yeah. <laughs> like HTML. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. No, I think that... Um, w- uh, so when I was watching this, I, I wish that I would have seen this before the 2016 election, when Facebook was even more friendly, happier, and familiar, but still kind of gross. Like, I think the movie lives in that lane. Everyone enjoys Facebook but they did some kind of gross things to make it happen. But and I, that might be part of the problem. I'm like, I'm completely out on Facebook. I don't go on very often. And I know, I guess I'm just not that interested in how Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Um, so one thing I'm also really curious about is, so when I saw this movie, it was before, I feel like, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook in and of themselves have become evil. Like there's a lot of, a lot of like negative connotations behind them. And I wonder if that has influenced your viewing experience at all. When I first watched this movie, I didn't like, I was indifferent to Facebook, but I don't think there's that narrative of how bad Facebook is, especially yeah with the election stuff. So is that what you were saying? And I wasn't tracking well enough. Yeah. No, I think you may have just said it more clearly than I did. I, I think that's what it was. And I okay. was c- kind of a, aware of it while I was watching. I was like, man, I wish I would have seen this, like, even, yeah, five years earlier. Sure. I would say if you take, like, the Facebook stuff out of the equation, though, like... It's still an amazing movie. It's still an amazing movie, yeah. I yeah, would say, is. like, when I did first watch this movie, like, I think originally when we brought this up, I said that I was kind of like, meh on this and um yeah i think going back and you're watching this it's a real solid movie i mean it just has like it hits on a lot of the beats you know like it's just like boom the boom, pacing boom. Just, like, is the incredible pacing is awesome and it's like a two-hour movie it's like 120 minutes and it it just flies right by and i think that's just um 
It's great storytelling. It's cut well. The way the soundtrack is really cool. The soundtrack is badass. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, we got some, uh, what's his name? It's Trent Reznor. Reznor, right? Trent Reznor. Yep. Yeah. And, but it has like such great like one-liners too, or like little like moments like that where, you know, the idea of when Zuckerberg character, Jesse Eisenberg is, you know, like the lawyer is asking him, do I have your full attention? No, you have like the least amount of my attention. <laughs> and like, there's just these like little gems of, of dialogue in narrative yeah. that are just, to me, make that movie that just what it is. So I watched it yeah. originally when I had a Facebook account, was totally cool with Facebook, actually really enjoyed social media as a whole. Um, and I, this is, man, I've seen this movie probably 30, 40 times. I, this is one of my favorite films. I love this movie. Um, and watching it now after, cause now I, I kind of despise Facebook. I don't, I deleted my account a while ago, um, stopped using it a long time before then too. And I'm, I'm like, I'm really, uh, really kind of bitter and not bitter. Um, just kind of jaded about social media as a whole. I kind of just removed myself from as much of it as I could. My life has gotten better. Um, but even that's right. You can find us on at moon. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but, but all that being said, uh, rewatching this after all that, man, is this a good fucking movie? I love this movie. doesn't matter about how crappy Facebook is. Um, watching it this time, though uh more recently um it's a lot easier so they definitely try to make um you know mark come off as a as a sympathetic character but i don't know maybe it is because of my my feelings towards facebook now but you can really see that he's just this cold-hearted douchebag the whole time um or just maybe sociopathic i don't know it's just it's a lot darker watching it now than uh, i i kind of sympathize with him the first you know however many times i watched it but now i just kind of man he did some really dick things i think yeah, he's I kind of felt the same way too casey and i was thinking like maybe you know i maybe as i've aged and maybe i've grown a little wiser from this you know because it's been you know almost 10 years probably since i've i've seen this and um I think maybe that had some something to play into it. I think for me as well. I mean, I have Facebook. I mean, I'm not crazy in the social media. I'm not posting, you know, fucking pictures all the time, and um, you know, I don't care what my food looks like. And you know, I have like our social media for um, the time machine, but I avoid like um, any kind of like negative interactions with other people. I always try to keep things positive um, for the most part. If I go negative, like I just delete it. Cause like, I just don't want to play that game. I don't want to, you know, um, I just don't want to be any part of that, but <clears throat> yeah, it's I, this is a fairly solid movie. And I, I watched it twice to kind of like, you know, again, to kind of check my, like a heat check on it. Like, is that really how I feel about this? And um, yeah, I think the, the acting is great. Um, for the most part, Eisenberg is awesome portraying like, yeah, just Zuckerberg total, like Dick douche, you know, totally spiteful. And if he doesn't get what he wants, the way he wants, he's just going to fuck you over. And just how they play into like all the ways that he kind of fucks everyone around him over and uses them. is just, it's awesome. Even if you take out that Facebook angle, it's, I think it's just a gr- really great movie. I really like Jesse Eisenberg in general. Like, I just feel like all of the movies that I can think of that he's been in that I've seen from Adventureland to Zombieland to 
this movie. Like, I just enjoy him as an actor. I think he does such a great job um, in this movie, the same. And I think he he acts really well. And you know what? Like, even Justin Timberlake, who I didn't think would be likable in this movie for me, he's not somebody that I have a relationship with. I, I wasn't into NSYNC or his solo music, and I just don't have a lot of respect or interest in him is probably a better way of putting that. Hold on, like, not to interrupt, you weren't into NSYNC because, let's be clear, you were a Backstreet Boy for life. Let's not forget that. Yeah, that's just, that's okay, just want to make sure that we pointed that out. <laughs> it's an important distinction to make. Um, but I even thought he did so good at playing, you know, Parker, and I just... I think that this, to your point, it is a two-hour movie, and there's not a second that I'm wondering why I'm still watching this. Like, the pacing is incredible. The dialogue is great. Again, mm-hmm. it's very Sorkin-esque, where there's everybody's jumping over each other's lines, and it's really well. Like, it's fast-paced when it needs to be. It plays like plays the moments and the pauses when it needs to. Um, I also really enjoy the way that it was the way that the narrative was portrayed with the, the multiple lawsuits going in um, or or going on at once and seeing him talk about that or seeing parts of the, the lawyer interactions then um, dictate where like the story was going next or the narrative was going next. And I thought that was a really cool way of, of portraying the movie and, and kind of driving that narrative forward. I thought it was, yeah. It's yeah. I so thought cool. that was a really cool way to tell a story too, because you could kind of explain the same scenario in two different ways to kind of show different sides of it. Like they would talk yeah. about something he did with the Winklevi and uh, what's his face, his buddy it almost seemed like he was, entertained by some of the the shit he would do to the Winklevi, but then they'd flip that whole scenario around and you hear about it again from his lawsuit with with just uh what is it uh, his buddy's name eduardo eduardo yeah and then you'd you'd have it go into just their thing and they would maybe talk a little bit about it so it's just a really cool way to kind of drive a story to be able to tell it from different ways without actually showing it exactly the same way every time James, I don't think we've heard from you um, much yet. What are your thoughts on the film? Worst movie ever. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, there's nothing. <laughs> wanted Jamie to be like, what? What? Uh, no, I, I. There's what? 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 No, there's nothing about this movie I don't like. Uh, you guys pinpointed a lot of things. Um, the pacing of the story and how it was like everything was put together. Um, the movie definitely doesn't feel like it or as long as it is, it goes by almost too fast. Like you want, you want to have more scenes uh, of what's going on. And I think that Fincher and Sorkin really like got it figured out together. Uh, sometimes in Sorkin movies uh, or sometimes in Sorkin movies, like people like can't figure out the, writing and pacing with that, like with how fast the dialogue is. Uh, and it, this one I think played like extremely well. And I think it, well, and I think it worked that way because I mean, I don't know with Eisenberg, I believe that's probably exactly how Zuckerberg was very witty, very quick, uh, what he had to say. And even just that opening scene, it sets the tone for what you're going to walk into. Um, that opening scene with 
Rooney Mara, where uh, his girlfriend breaks up with him, he's got like, they're talking about like three different conversations and she's getting lost in the conversation and is explaining like, sometimes I'm not sure what we're talking about because he's dialing back to something he mentioned uh, like a minute and a half ago. Like, and that's kind of like, just, I guess how his mind works. And, uh, um, and I don't know, it's just really cool. I think for me. And then, yeah, definitely the Res- Trent Reznor score that actually won best score that year. Uh, which I was super excited about because it was something very different for movies, uh, and what we've and from what we've heard. But the score just definitely also makes the movie. It sets everything up where you're like, how am I going to make a movie about Facebook at Harvard, cool and quick and fast and like get people interested and just the uh, like you and I don't know, I don't know how you guys think college life is, but I'm like watching these. Uh, scenes where everybody they're just dark smoke filled rooms which I guess to 2010 you could still kind of smoke wherever you wanted in these bars and everything uh, so it was just all these like smoky dark scenes like Fincher's kind of used to but it's all these college uh, campuses and houses and uh, uh, fraternities that everything's happening in and yeah I don't know it just I think the whole movie was very very good uh, the one liners were probably my favorite though I agree with Chris on that when he was talking about uh the scene of like, oh, or like, did I answer your condescending question? Like, of, I'm yeah. only giving you like the ten percent of what, or the minimum minimal amount of what I'm thinking. So, but, yeah, yeah there's just, just so many good scenes like that. That just made me think too when you were talking about that. Like, I think one of the things that I like so much about this movie is you're talking about like it being on the the Harvard uh, campus and like there's all this kind of idea of like these Ivy leagues and this old money and the way that you're supposed to behave. And, you know, you've got the Winkle, uh, Winklevoss twins with um, like being a part of their like private uh, group or club. And you've got Eduardo trying really hard to become uh, a part of that Phoenix club. And then you have Zuckerberg's character, which is really antithetic to all of it you know multiple times throughout the the movie they make mention about like mark doesn't care about money um and for me that was something that like i think i really appreciated about this movie is that it felt very much like it was trying to disrupt that system of privilege and that system of money and that system of like you know i think they made mention um I think Mark says this, that, you know, the reason he's being sued by the, the Winklevoss twins is because for the first time in their lives, it didn't go their way. Um, and I think for me personally, that is something that I really um, connected with and appreciated was this idea of like all of this old money and these old connections and, you know, the Winkle or Winklevoss twins are going to, you know, the their lawyer or their dad's lawyer who is really expensive has been doing this a long time or they go to the school president and they feel this obligation of being able to get this, um, this meeting with them. So I think that for me too, is a big theme throughout the, the film and something that I personally, it resonates with me and my, my ethos and way of thinking. So I love that as part of this film as well. And that idea of like Mark Zuckerberg being a disruptor in all of it, not only at Harvard, but then when he even goes to to California and he's showing up to meetings late or his his business card said, I'm CEO, bitch, like all of these things are very uh, different to the way that you think of normal business practice or normal 
way of life. And, and to me, that's really appealing. And I, I appreciate that thematic. Yeah. One thought I had as you're, you're talking about that, Chris is um, all these characters in this movie. Like I really um, like everyone, like Zuckerberg and everyone that's around him. And then he fucks them all over. It's like, I still don't like any of them. I mean, they're no, they all, all kind of like terrible people. But I'm I'm interested to see how it all plays out, you know, in the movie. Like it keeps me interested in like um you know, we have whether it's Sorkin through the writing or like uh, Fincher and how he he directed this film. Like you're interested in to what's gonna happen to these people, even though like they're all a bunch of fucking assholes, douchebags. And I think just that opening scene, you know, like <clears throat> kind of like all you alluded to, James, is that whole conversation, you know, in the beginning is just for me is like kind of sets this movie off on a great tone and it just carries throughout and just keeps you interested. You're always, you know, there's always a hook into like the next scene, the next scene, the next scene. And like, I'm just kind of was surprised how it just held my interest from uh, top to bottom. Well, since you brought up that that opening scene, one of my favorite parts, and it's really dumb and small, but right after that, when he leaves the bar, is when he, he, they show a little montage of him walking to his dorm room, and that's when you're you're really uh, kind of he, he was jogging. Either way, you're, you're still. That's when they're really starting to <laughs> crescendo the soundtrack a little bit, um, and the best part is. Right when, right, uh, it's it was so perfect when I was watching this again with my wife. Right as the soundtrack's like getting really cool and interesting, and you're kind of getting the mood, she goes, "Hey, who did this soundtrack again?" And and it literally goes like, "Blah!" Plays this really cool note. Um, it's uh, you probably remember it when he's running, and it just hits kind of this dark note where the where it goes from a, a nice movie soundtrack to Trent Reznor's movie soundtrack, and it's right at that moment that it says uh, "soundtrack by Trent Reznor" right on the screen. <laughs> Awesome. I, I was also going to say I I hate movies that have like the opening sequences like that that have like the titles at the very beginning. I just do not like them. Like I don't know if you remember like uh, the opening titles for Men in Black, but it was like way too long and I hated it. Um, yeah, or they're following the bug. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I hated it. It was disorienting. It was stupid. Um, or like there's like credits are still rolling like five minutes into the film yes <laughs> yes I, oh it's so frustrating to me but i was just to piggyback on on what you were sharing case like i really really love these opening credits for this movie because i think it actually plays a purpose so like the credits are going to happen regardless but the way that they they infuse it into these scenes of him walking through through campus and again like boston is historical harvard is historical it really sets that stage of like you're seeing all these like beautiful old buildings you're like understanding a little bit more about this character he's you know messy he's wearing these like birkenstockens or whatever they are and like i don't know like birkenstocks, birkenstocks yeah <laughs> uh i don't know i i know Chad, how many pairs do you own <laughs> i don't but angela has a few yeah. Um, but, like, I just, I don't know. I thought they did so well. And, yeah, the music behind it, too, like, brought it all together. And, and it's one of the few opening, like, sequences for credits that I really enjoy. Um, since we were also talking about, like, one-liners, I did write down a few of them that I was a huge 
Sienna or just like the witty ones or and there was again uh kind of Casey's point they were just some simple ones that like it doesn't feel like it should be that funny but they were to me in the movie but uh one of them was when they were doing the math um when they're like so Eduardo you gave an initial like one thousand dollars and then you did give him another eighteen thousand dollars so you are you gave Mark nineteen thousand dollars and then Mark is like hang on a second the math. checking your He's like, I'm checking your math. Yes, I got that too. <laughs> like, or whatever. And it's just like, and I'm like, yep. <laughs> and like, that, I don't know, that made me laugh. And then um, even the one with the Winklevoss twins, when they're getting really pissed off at like Mark ghosting them and uh, like they want to beat him up. And they're like, uh, one of the Winklevoss, like Tyler says to his brother, he's like, he's a, uh, he's like, hey, we're better than that. We can't beat him up. And the other one goes, I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. They're, they're just little, like, one-liners that I just thought were – they're super funny because I think that the dialogue is just so quick where you you could almost – I don't want to say miss it, but it's uh, just coming up with all these different, like, one-liners uh, that fast is always entertaining to me in movies. And, that's I, again, that's just a Sorkin thing altogether. Great. Hey, <clears throat> Jamie, do you have uh, anything you? What's what? Is there like one key f- factor or like a scene or like a uh, character or in this film, or is it just like Facebook? The Facebook theme overall that makes you not like this movie. Um, good question. I think. It, okay, so let me. I guess be clear. I I like this movie. I guess I just. I was expecting to be blown away and I I was not, but it wasn't just you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I like, this is the legend that surrounds this movie. So I, I think that's kind of what it was for me is I, it wasn't so much. I didn't like it. I was just underwhelmed because it's not a bad movie. It's great. I think my favorite thing is the music. Um, but, and a lot of it too, it might just be me personally, like, like we already talked about the Facebook stuff, but I, I can still get past that and recognize that it's a good movie. But I guess just the politics of the Harvard crowd and all of that, you know, East Coast intellectual high society thing, that's never been my jam. And I don't know when when the movie was over, I my first thought was, oh, man, I just want to go watch Silicon Valley because yeah, when, <laughs> right. right. Because I guess that's the, um, I don't know, that's that's the Silicon tech story that I prefer, even though it's, you know, defanged and ridiculous intentionally. Gotcha. I know, like, he's, like, the whole, like, Harvard thing and, like, the, you know, like, how you mentioned, Chris, like, this whole idea, like, this old money and, like, you know, I feel like it's, you know, all these kids that get sent to school or just most of them are just kind of spoiled brats they think they can get their way with anything and like that stuff usually kind of you know turns me off because like i just don't even want to hear i'm just over it you know like i don't really give a fuck but yeah that stuff really kind of drew me in even I i don't i can't really put my finger out maybe it's just like the writing the dialogue and um you know like like that piques my interest but but I think they did like a, an exceptional job with the idea of like, I think a lot of people, I think there's a, a, a high number of people that probably 
feel that same way, right? That like those ideals don't resonate with them of like coming from money or this, like those Ivy league schools and these like, you know, dark wood, whatever. And so I think like, there's a lot of people that like those kind of things are turn off, right. And, yeah. and have similar, um, mentalities and, and mantras as, as we do. Uh, and I think that's really cool. And I think that does like kind of pull you in, but I think what they do an exceptional job of in this movie in particular is like the, the protagonist is supposed to be Zuckerberg because he's the one who's like kind of fighting against this a little bit, but he's also not likable. And yeah. so you're just like, none of these characters are likable. Yeah. Um, and like, yet it's just, it's, you can't stop watching. And and you should be liking Zuckerberg because he's fighting against these um, these people who have like the the haves and the have nots, and and that is something that like we inherently or, or at least I inherently like agree with. But then I think like, oh, you're such a dick, you are such a jerk, you are so unkind and like not treating people uh, equitably and, and terribly, and like so it just makes you hate him more. Right. Um, you know, Casey, you said that there was a, a feeling when you first kind of started watching this um, the first time that you, the first couple of times you watched the movie that like you were able to empathize a little bit with him. I've never had that feeling. I've always thought like, these are really shitty things that you're doing to the people that you call your friends. I, I think about that very first scene of the breakup and El Guardo heading to, um, heading to Mark's uh, apartment where he writes down the, the alg- algorithm for, uh, face smash and like he says hey i see that you broke up with whatever erica i think her name is he's like oh how do you yep. know well i you've been blogging about it i just want you to know i'm here for you and like he is actually a very good friend he tries really hard to be a good friend and mark just does not just does nothing with it and i just i think that dichotomy this idea of like they're like you should be like inherently I want to like Mark because he's fighting against this like old money, but he's also doing really shitty things. And he then, and he's challenging all these like, you know, common tropes and things, but then he also ends up with having like a lot of money and still being an asshole. And it's just, that to me is such an intriguing concept. I think, I think the thing that allowed me to feel slightly empathetic was a, you kind of, if you, if you bend your your perception of the reality of the film, you could tell yourself that all the things that he's doing, the way he's being a huge dick, um, a lot of those are well, he's you know Asperger's, he doesn't realize what he's doing, he's just he's socially awkward, and it's coming off that way. And then that very last scene where he's just by himself, um, and Rashida Jones is like talking to him, and and, mm-hmm. and and she's like trying to empathize with him and and trying to be kind to him, and it's that scene I think how it how it ends that way, and you're like, oh man. Poor dude, he's a lonely, rich douchebag. That sucks. I don't know, I could feel a little bit of empathy for him. But then the more you watch it, I I started to shift more towards what you're thinking, uh, your your viewpoint, where it's like, man, what a douchebag. Like, come on. Can I ask very quickly, is is, you just said Asperger's, is that like a a diagnosis that is, like, is it that real and in the public? No, no, it's like a, no, 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 he doesn't. I don't it's, think it's he actually like, has. I'm just like saying like, that's that's like a, yeah. A when, when someone's like, a, 
a dick and they're they they're like super intelligent a dick like it's yeah, kind yeah. of a reddit thing you know they're either you're like well, oh yeah, they yeah. have autism or they're asperger's or something it's just okay, uh, well yeah i just wanted to make sure like that wasn't like something where like he's actually been diagnosed I would, no i don't think I've so i've read that like zuckerberg is on the spectrum or anything no. like that but i mean he, it's possible but not the i've seen yeah, like, i would be surprised if i heard that it's a stereotype of like yeah. high intellectual people who are socially yeah it's just kind of a yeah Mm-hmm. And I think that's how he played him in the film, which is a, is why I think I got a little bit of empathy for him. Cause it's like, oh, he just doesn't know any better. But uh, when you watch it a few more times, you're like, no, he's just an asshole. No, he's Chad, an asshole because he takes all he, he you think you may want to feel feel sorry for him, but what he does though, even though he's fucking over like these Harvard kids that like you know can thought, think they could always get their way, but then he takes that and he fucking like weaponizes it, you know. I'm curious also, Chad, your yeah. take on um, on this in the sense of uh, I remember you gave me a recommendation for a podcast called like Behind the Bastards, I think is what the podcast is called. Yeah. And they did like a two part series or maybe even longer on Zuckerberg. Yeah. And I'm curious, like after listening to that, like how that like how that has painted him like what additional context or insight you're able to bring to the conversation about like the authentic authenticity authenticity um of uh of the character in the movie and and again also how does that paint um paint your your representation of of him in the film i don't i don't recall most of what was in those two episodes okay um I do. I stopped listening to that podcast because I, f- I mean, I feel like the more uh, current day bastards that he started covering, I feel like the content started lacking. The more historical he gets on that po- podcast, I feel like it's more value. There's more value to it. It's not just like shaming somebody or I just feel like historically there's more accurate information out there that you could pull from versus like, you know, we can't current, like what he did currently on Zuckerberg. Um, even though with like all the Facebook shit, like there's a lot to pull from. Um, but how that clouded my, I th- I've always kind of had like a, I haven't really liked Zuckerberg. I just, the whole like Facebook thing. I, I don't like it. I personally, I, I just don't, there's things in Facebook that make like how how can I explain this? I don't like Facebook, but I use Facebook. I use it to connect with my family. All the other like social parts of it and sharing, like I really don't give two shits about. But I mean, just the whole like how he just kind of owns like your information on that and everything is just I don't know. I'm not making my point clear. But did it cloud my judgment judgment of him? No, through that. Well, no, in in, in 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 I didn't I didn't use the word cloud because I think cloud has negative okay. kind of or influence. Or... Like if it if it painted it for you differently, um, in a way that like you have more context and background based on somebody who or a group of individuals who supposedly did a large amount of uh, of data collecting and research onto why he's a bad person. Um, I like I listened I think I listened to like half of that first episode and like yeah he seemed like an asshole and I think they do a good job of portraying him as an asshole in this um but like yeah, yeah I think like, like I'm just information stuff like where 
I mean, if you use Facebook, I mean, you know, it's like anything that you use, like any like end user agreements and all that bullshit that you just like check the box to and don't read the 500 pages of information to. It's oh like, my God. Dude, that episode like of South Park. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I can't watch South Park anymore, but. Oh yeah. Me either. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, just, I mean. You putting up? You put picking up, and I'm putting down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm picking up. I'm picking up that you guys can't watch South Park because of your children, or what? No, I definitely no, still mean, watch South Park. No, I. I love it. I love Trey Matt Stone. I think they're yeah, brilliant. I just don't think they're. It's funny anymore. I mean, it's just kind of. I don't know. There's better stuff out there, and I feel like better. So I don't know. I just. It, has gotten old for me. Kind of like The Simpsons. Kind of like James Okay, Tyler I'm getting bored with that. So, so. Yeah. yeah. I get you. I get you. Um, did anybody else think in the movie it was kind of odd uh, when Mark first meets up with the Winkle Boss twins and they invite him to the, what, the bike room or whatnot and he can't go any further than that. But when they enter the room and he's like, can't get you a chance a sandwich, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then like, and then, and then they give him like a wrapped like subway, like a wrapped sub. Yeah, and it, it's I'm a like, fraternity, the- man. They've got chefs. They've got food prepare- preparers for them. Like they're, they probably have a fridge full of pre-wrapped sandwiches. Such a weird, it's such a weird interaction where I was like, am I missing some sort of? Yeah, just some sort of code or subtlety, like, or is this a Harvard thing of like respect? Like, oh my God, I got a sandwich from these guys. Like, I just like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. It just seemed kind of odd to me, and I didn't do any research on it. I just was wondering if anybody else knows that. (laughs) No, I didn't do any either. But one thing that made me think about right was like, kind of like that is a very strange thing and kind of absurd. I think that this movie is touted as like one of the best movies of the decade. It's um, revered, I think, um, for a lot of reasons and, and very deservedly. Do you think Where, of that it maybe is because of the the topic and the content of Facebook and social media? Like, even though it's a really good movie with that <laughs> added layer, do you think that's what kind of propels it? Because all that shit is just still what's in like the current zeitgeist of, um, just how we share information now and get a lot of our information or like a, a, how a yeah. po- portion of the population gets their information now. I don't think that they make, harms of, it. They make some, they make oh, some comments on. towards it. I was going to say, they just make some comments towards it. Like where like Rashida Jones's character, when they're in the law office is taking like a break for lunch or whatnot, and she's eating her salad and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, and I can't even remember what country, but he's Bosnia. like, oh, Checking Facebook and yeah, I'm just checking what's going on in Baghdad or something. And it's she's Bosnia. like, they don't have roads, Bosnia, and they're like, yeah. they don't have roads, but yeah, they have Facebook. <laughs> and and then even, but even like, uh, uh, then there's another the other scene, the rowing scene where that they're in the UK, and that one guy is like, oh yeah, my daughter just uh, heard that you guys lost, and she's he's like, oh how, oh it's on this new thing called Facebook, and like so like already cross country something happened you know, hours earlier and like people are already talking about it in other areas that weren't physically there. Like that yeah. didn't happen 
then. <laughs> like it, so it was just very, very new to everybody. Yeah, and I would say my retort to that, Chad, is that I think that certainly doesn't hurt that additional layer of social media because it is new, it is exciting at that time, right, in 2010. Um, but I also think that this like has the total package, right, in the sense of like good actors, it's well acted, the uh, the soundtrack is incredible, the writing is incredible, the story is intriguing. So I think, I, I don't think that the idea that it's about social media, I don't think that that hurts it at all, and it probably doesn't play in its favor. Um, but I, I, in my opinion, I think that the reason why it's revered is because it is truly one of the better, like, best movies to come out in the decade, just because of, like, it has it ticks literally all the boxes you said earlier that, you know, Trent Reznor's uh, soundtrack won best soundtrack that year. Like, I think it's more than just that topic, but where I was going with that train of thought is that it's revered. It's often spoke about as being one of the best films to come out in the decade. So what I think would be a fun thing, uh, uh, thinking about your comment, James, about the, how kind of bizarre it was to like, be like, Hey, let's throw that uh, that sandwich at them is I don't want to know what your favorite scene in this movie is, but I want to know what you think the worst scene in this movie is. The worst scene in the movie? Yeah. What do you think, in your opinion, what is the worst scene in the movie? Because the best scene, I mean, it's, again, if, if it's touted as one of the best movies in, you know, in the, the past 10 years or however long like there's a lot of really great scenes what i think would be more fun is like what's the worst thing in this movie i've got an answer already well pray tell because it's uh, yeah i got let's go it's uh so it was the scene uh it, it was oh shoot i don't remember exactly when it was um but they were going in they were in the house in california mm-hmm. um and justin was it i think it was right after the uh they did the zip line in the pool and broke the chimney. Yeah, the chimney. And so Justin Timberlake came over and was like, Oh my gosh, you're living here. Um, and so they come inside and they're, they're Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, Mark's getting him beers and he throws a beer and it hits the wall. Then he throws a second beer. And I swear to you, it hits the, the <laughs> screen, right? Am I wrong? Does it not like break the fourth wall and, and crash against the screen? Uh, I don't remember that. I remember that scene, but yeah, rewatch that I scene. The second I thought, beer, I thought the it was it's really awkward because uh, yeah, the first beer went to to JT and he caught it and he caught and it he hitting it. Then he throws he one against the, the wall beer, and you're behind him. The then behind they turn her. And yep. The next one I thought was like, I thought it was like closer. It was towards the it was towards the camera, but I thought they were supposed to. It was indicating that there was a wall there as well. I thought oh, it hit see, like a I, white like a white brick wall or something like that. Yeah. Maybe it does hit the wall, but every time I've seen it, I always, to me, it feels like it's hitting the screen. Mm -hmm. But so the reason that I think that's the worst scene is if that's not the case, whatever, but then they just continue on with broken glass all over the floor. I don't care what house you're in. Someone's got to pick up that glass. I said that same thought, but the broken glass on the floor, Casey, but at the same time, yeah. But And all the beer. I've also lived in houses where, People just like never threw any trash away, so there's would always be like bottles or old food packages like always laying out. So like I kind of get it. It wasn't to the level of like glass on the floor, but yeah, I'm there with you. Yeah, 
But no matter how drunk we got, breaking a bottle was a party foul, and you get it cleaned up. That's just the rule. Yeah, I don't think it's that. Who else? Who else? Who else has a idea for worst scene? Because if you y'all don't have one, I'm happy to to share mine. If you need some additional time, I'll. Okay, so the scene that I think could absolutely be deleted from this movie, and no one would blink an eye, is. Eduardo and his girlfriend when he comes back from that trip after going to California and she uh, she lights that silk scarf on fire. That whole scene seems so useless to me. I don't understand what it is trying to convey other than Eduardo is tired and he's busy and he's not making time for this girl. I, I actually like that scene. But I think that, like, and then, he, then he sets it on fucking fire and like I... I do not. I think that scene is pointless. Other than the call, right? The call at the very end. She sets it on fire in his garbage can. Doesn't that lead into the scene where he gets the call again and he's like, "I'm leaving. I'm going back." That's that's just what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I need my CFO. That is that is the only point of that scene. But all that other stuff, I I hate it. I do not like it. I think it is so. I think it is. Uh, uh, just it's there. It's fluff. You. My counter. I got three reasons. I got three reasons. I kind of like that scene because it's quick enough to get it in there and get it out. Yeah. Uh, is they talk about uh, one. It uh, concludes that even crazy girls can go to Harvard. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but like they talk about like, oh, how's Christy? And they're like, she's she's insane. She's crazy. Like I can't like I can't do whatever with her. So like uh, that kind of throws that out there because we hadn't seen her in that light before. We just saw her in, as kind of a groupie. Um, and then and then after that, but like so that's one, two. Yeah, it's the phone call because then they just had this blow up fight and like it's like finally you get a little bit of closure. Like he's yeah, like he said, Chris. Like oh, I need my CFO back. So you get like okay. Um, like he needed Mark to listen and now Mark's listening and he's like, yes, I need you back. I need you to back to California. Like, and so that's why it leads to the buildup of like what that major blow up or end scene of like, cause he walks in like, yes, I'm back. Everything's good. And it's not. Um, right. but my favorite part about that scene is when the fight actually starts between him and Christy. Cause she's like, have you looked at your Facebook status? Why are you single? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't even know how to update that. <laughs> like, which I think is like, at the time, like maybe, and it wasn't, I mean, I feel like when Facebook started coming around and they had that Facebook and they had the relationship status, uh, like, does anybody remember getting that question of like, Oh, why isn't this updated now that we're dating? Like, uh, I mean, I feel like that happened in friend groups all the time. That's true. That's true. So I forgot about no. that. <laughs> and, and she was born into my space. I got that. No, I, I think I, I think that's good you call that out because that is a an, an really funny line in the film where he says he doesn't want to change it and she's like, she doesn't believe him. And his reply is like, yeah, and you should actually be honored that I'm sharing that with you because it's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. My least favorite scene also involves Christy. It's uh, when you meet the two groupies who are like, Aren't you Mark Zuckerberg? And then like Eduardo's like, yeah, I also created Facebook. And then they go get either later blowjobs in the stalls of a bar. Uh, oh, and then, that, and then just, that guy gives them the like sweet, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, and also fun fact: that guy is that that guy's actually the guy. <laughs> yeah, right. That guy actually is the guy that played uh, 
the one of the Winklevoss twins. Uh, they used oh, his yeah, body right. as right. like the double, and then they CG'd um, Army Hammer's head. So that, no that's like the real guy. Yeah. Do you know who they should have got, James, for, to play that guy? Thad from Was Blue, that? Blue Mountain State or whatever. Thad? Yeah, Thaddeus from Blue Mountain, for sure. Yeah, I that, would support he would have played that role perfectly. Yeah, and Chad, you do know that Army uh, that Army Hammer is from, uh, it's like the Arm and Hammer Fortune, right? Like in oh, real life? fucking with me? <laughs> no way. Not one bit. Can I fact check that? I'm not. <laughs> fact check that. Go for it. I won't. I believe you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm. I'm actually on, I'm actually on Wikipedia right now from the Green Eggs and Ham, so I'll take a look for you. But yeah, I'm Wikipedia almost positive. Tell me how you like that Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> Copy that. <laughs> uh, Chad or Jamie, do either of you have any uh, scenes you'd like to hey, throw you know, out there? I want to throw this out there: is that you know, like sometimes when we talk about like what your favorite scene is or what scene you dislike the most, and for me personally, like when I like a movie and if I think a movie is pretty good, like sometimes, or let me backtrack. If a movie is pretty good, like sometimes like the scenes don't stick out, out to me. Like I'm just kind of there for the ride. And like I start and I get to the end and I'm just like, Whoa, that was a good film. And like, sometimes when a movie is really great, like those things don't really stick out to me. Cause it's kind of like the entire thing is, 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 is such a great ride. So sometimes when we try to pull those out, it's a little bit, uh, harder for me. Um, again, I think the opening scene is, you know, them sitting down at the the bar is um, still one of my favorite. Um, just I just love how it kicks out the movie, and I think it kind of really shows um, this kind of Zuckerberg kind of personality and just kind of how that goes throughout the film. And um, as far as, like, bad scenes, um, I guess maybe what you pointed out, Chris, like the whole, like, you know, banter back and forth and like starting that the silk scarf on fire. Like, yeah, I kind of get that, but I think for the most part, um, yeah, I can't really think of anything that off the top of my head that I would, uh, pull out. But in general, like I want to say like anytime there's like a sex scene in like a film, not that I'm some like prude, but I always feel like sex scenes are just so like unnecessary in film. So like, but That's a topic for a different day. <laughs> Unless you're Larry Clark, then it's like a, a must. Oh God, like a like kids or like bully or something? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it, Ken? Ken something? Ken Park? I don't know about that. Yeah, Bully is a great movie. Tough watch. Amazing movie. Yeah. Not a rewatchable film for me, but it's one of those movies like after you watch no. it, though, you're just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's a movie that I'm like, I'm really glad yeah. I saw. Like, it is yeah. an intriguing, intriguing movie, but it like takes you places that you're not comfortable going. You're yeah. like, oh, okay. one people, watch. There's lots of great people in the world, but there's some people out there to do some really fucked up shit. <laughs> this is how it goes. <laughs> like Requiem for a Dream. I can't watch Requiem for a Dream once. Or like more than yeah. once. I've seen it once. I'm good. Yeah, I saw that Requiem for the Dream was on Amazon Prime the other day, and I put it in watch list, and I still can't get myself to do it again. But I watched it when it first came out, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, but I don't I have that in my again. back pocket if I need to have like a you know, drugs are bad conversation with my children someday. <laughs> Be like, 
You think that's yeah. cool? Let me show you the path that you might go down. <laughs> yeah. And then you can show them SLC Punk. I don't, that's a movie I need to rewatch again. Heroin Bob. Since it came out on DVD years ago. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Um, Chad, I fact checked it. I was wrong. I, my bad. I think I just heard that too many times. It <laughs> is an old wives' tale. Uh, so he does, he's not a part of the Arm and Hammer. It's too convenient. It, I mean, coincidentally, his, I guess his great grandfather was. Yeah, right. Well, his great-grandfather, I guess, was really wealthy in oil, and so, like, I knew he was, like, a rich, rich, like, he came from a rich family, uh, and I just think I just put those together um, from other stories. So, my bad. Uh, fact check. It is false. false. <laughs> hey, Jamie, I don't want to not give you the opportunity, so do you have a, um, a a scene you'd like to throw out there as the worst in the movie? Otherwise, we can certainly just move on to the box office. Uh, can I say the whole movie? No, I'm totally kidding. I actually, I actually did like this movie. <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> no, no. I, I, call I That's a good question. I because that's that's not that bad. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> No, I I totally don't. Think I looked that. it up. This movie actually was nominated for eight Oscars. There's not including including eight Oscars and won three of them, including best yeah. How many play. how many nod how many yeah. noms did uh, well, it was Zero. You know what, Chad? You can go fly a kite. Was zero. it zero? I thought it was two. Zero. Okay. But that's okay. I don't give a fuck about the Oscars either. So I just that was like a backhanded dig on <laughs> Jamie. But we cool. We cool. Ouch. You cut me. All you right, cut well, me. Do you want to do box office? Yeah, you got those numbers. Hey, Chris, I know you're really passionate about box office. You want to give us the box office numbers for this movie? God, I love numbers. Yeah. Did a Harry Potter so movie come out this year? Because I feel like one comes out every fucking year. Yeah. You yeah, know Deathly Hollows Seven, no, the last I'm one. Pretty, I think it was Divergent. You better watch yourself, or I'm going to pick one of those directors for mine, and we're going to watch Harry okay. Potter. Oh, yeah, but the, the thing is, only like two of those movies that had the same director. I so I still well, do, I'll like, make it work. You guys, pick like your the best Harry Potter movie, then we sit down and do a live stream. Or something where he, or, or oh, a Netflix party. We could have a Netflix party. Uh, can we watch Tusk? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh I'm my out. God. I just I've oh my gosh! Uh, that movie's only good if you, you know how fun run. I actually think watching Tusk with this group would be. That would be like, oh, that would yeah. Tusk, Tusk is only so good if you actually know what's going on with. Kevin Smith's podcast and that story. The Smodcast? The Smodcast. It's yeah, like, it's I, brilliant. yeah, oh my God. Box okay, brilliant. All right. But, anyways, Box office so, so this movie had a measly, I'm going to say measly. It's not really measly in comparison to some of the others, but it had 40 million uh, budget. Uh, it had an opening weekend of 22.4 million. It had a gross. Domestic of uh, ninety-seven million, and a gross worldwide of twenty. Or I'm sorry, uh, a gross worldwide of two hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Skrill, bang! Holy shit! I mean, there's probably all that CGI that he didn't have to waste <laughs> right. his money on. <laughs> yeah, because he spends like almost. So, 20 million, more than 20 million, yes, less than this film, but makes three times as much total. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, what about uh, 2010 uh, for movies? Got any favorite picks that came out this year? For me personally, um, 2010, um, like overall, like Inception is like my favorite movie that came out this year. Um, that's a movie I love to go back and rewatch all the time just because all the crazy shit that's in that movie. I think the movie has an awesome cast, but yeah, awesome soundtrack. You're a big yeah, fan no, of Doctor Strange then too as well, correct? Uh, you're a huge fan of Doctor Strange? Very Dr. similar Strange feels, loves? right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't believe Doctor Strange <laughs> came out this year. Okay. No. It's No, he's saying that the movies are similar in how they are uh, filmed a little bit with their yeah, the way with that their like timelines the time oh, really? they're bending time. Yes. <laughs> So I saw I saw Inception in the theater. I think I saw it in the theater three times. Yeah, I'm just gonna roll right by your Doctor Strange jokes. <laughs> just ignore it. Yeah, I'm just gonna roll right by it. Uh, no, I think I saw Inception in the theater like three times. I can't remember the last time I saw a movie in a theater more than once. That might be the last one. Oh, that's a good uh, one. When's the last time you guys have gone Dark and seen Knight. the same movie multiple times? It's funny when you say that because uh, a movie. I- a movie, I, a movie that also came on twenty ten. I saw multiple times in the theater, and that was How to Train Your Dragon, and that was probably my, one of my favorite movies that year. I still really? How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> but James liked blah blah blah, so you can't take him. Oh, I blah, hate blah, all of you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't make the joke unless you know it. <laughs> I don't remember. We talked about it earlier. Who cares? Yeah, I, I don't know what we were talking did, about. Did Thanks, you, Chris. I don't think you knew it then. You had to ask your wife. You still don't know it. Well, he said he looked it up. I didn't really <laughs> listen to him. How do you and Ashley? Oh, how do you and Ashley? I told you it earlier. Make movie recommendations. Oh my god! <laughs> how often do you make movie recommendations? See, that explains it right there. Because I make them all the time. You just don't listen. Oh, I don't listen to anyone. I'm just constantly in my own phone. head. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just well, um, yeah, no, I just think it's sometimes it depends. Other movies that year, it was a big year for com- <laughs> comic book movies. Like if you look Any at other- Scott Pilgrim, was based on a graphic novel. Kick Ass, based on a graphic novel. Iron oh, Man, Kick Ass, and Scott Pilgrim. Those are really fun movies. Yeah, those are really cool movies. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask if Kieran there are any Culkin, other Scott Pilgrim again, fans in the house. Yeah, so that makes me happy. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim was great. The movie's great. Black Swan, I like that movie that came out. I mean, that's a movie where you know, like a one once once over is good enough for me. But I thought that was a cool. Was, yeah. was as uh, Aronofsky mm-hmm. did that same guy that did uh, yeah yeah Requiem, Mother and Pie, and Mother, right? And Mother, oh, I- yep. Yeah, because that too, Jennifer Lawrence started, like, she fell in love with him during Mother, and then they oh, dated really? for a while. Cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Winner's Bone came out this year, so it kind of... Oh, that won, didn't... Or was that nominated, or did it win? I thought it won uh, no, best, picture best Picture that year. was True Grit, wasn't it? No, King no it was King's Speech no, that year. Yeah. No, it was King's Speech. Oh, it was. Yeah, it got nominated. So, Winter's Bone, um, John Hawks is in that movie, who is from... KC's and my uh, hometown of Alexandria, Minnesota. His mom was a substitute teacher, and she would, as gifts, would give out signed headshots of her son, John Hawks. He's good. He's so good. No way. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was in Hardball, uh, Perfect Storm. Identity. That, Wasn't he in... Yeah, um, yeah he's awesome. Where is he now, Chris? He's in L.A. I once... So I had the opportunity to do, in seventh grade, I had to do, like, an article of a minute, like, a famous Minnesotan. Um, and I was able to interview John Hawks for this paper. It was awesome. He's a really nice dude. Why didn't you try to get Josh Hart in it? Um, because uh, I knew... Where my mom, uh, my mom used to be an executive director for a daycare. A kid that used to go to uh, the daycare that my mom worked at um, was the college roommate with, or her dad, her father was the college roommate with John Hawks. So I had a, a way to like basically an in to get that interview with John Hawks. So he just, I went over to their house. He called him up on his cell phone and I nice. chatted with him. Cool. Name yeah, it was really cool. Really kind. That's a good story, Grandpa. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, did anybody mention the town? Oh, the town. Let's see here. Let's um, go into how this movie was critically received. Or not received. Let's just go over review score. So I like to go over IMDb. Average score on there is 7.7. Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 90%, 96% critic score. Audience score of 86%. And Metacritic score is 95%, which is, well, pretty high. Um, let's do what would you, or what did you, or what would you give this on your letterboxed score? Um, I gave it a four out of five, but you guys, I'm pulling my, I don't have a letterbox other than where the mailman puts my letters. Um, called a mailbox Casey, (laughs) but what if it's a letter that he puts in there, then it's a letterbox, but it's still mail. Well, why are you assuming it's gender? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I would give it. <laughs> I would Who's on first. Circle gets the square. <laughs> Males in the box. Five, five out of five. Five. Wow. It's yeah. It's one of my top ten. No, nah, maybe not ten. Maybe fifteen or top twenty favorite films. I love this movie. 15, top twenty five. Maybe top thirty or something forty. It I, it might make my top ten. I would get criticized with my top ten because there's a lot of newer movies in it. So I yeah. think people get mad that I don't appreciate the classics enough, but I think this might crack my top ten. Is uh two thousand one in that top ten? No, Interstellar is though, okay. if we're going for space movies. So Casey, I think you would really like uh, Prospect. Yeah, I, anything space yeah. always gets me going and that sounded cool. Yeah. I gave it on Letterbox a four and a half. Did you update your uh, Shining score to a four and a half, Chris, or did you leave it at four? Um, what is my Shining score? Let me see. I'd be really surprised if it was even that high. Oh, we got you on record, though, I think. <laughs> did I? No, yeah, it's still a four. Yeah, The Shining's good. I think I way more, way more appreciated uh, Full Metal. What did you give this, Jamie? I gave it four stars, which is half a star lower than Zodiac, but I still really liked wow. it. That's uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. It, it's a good movie. I mean, even though it didn't hit with me specifically in the way I was hoping, it's I, it's still a good movie. 
Let's wrap this up. Do you guys have any final thoughts you want to add? Stuff that you forgot to throw in, but forgot um, before we close this one out? No, I just think, hands down, like, this is an incredible movie. I do not think that uh, Sorkin can do any wrong. Like, this is such a well, well done narrative, and, like, the screenplay for this is phenomenal. We talked about the one-liners um, the pacing, I think a lot of the pacing again, um, comes from the script and then also the relationship, uh, the director has with the, the screenplay and like their ability to, to, uh, meld that into, um, into, into the film and into on screen. So yeah, I think this is an incredible movie and I'm glad we, I'm glad we did it. I didn't hear, did anyone, was this their first viewing? Jamie. Jamie? Thank Jamie. You're the only one that everyone else had seen it? It was mine. Yeah. So I I, I wanted to... You mentioned Sorkin, and it made me think of this. Um, when when Chad was asking if you if you thought it was only, um, you know, looked at as one of the better films of the decade, if we if he asked if we only thought that because of the subject matter, because of, of Facebook and all that. And I wanted to bring it up, but I didn't want to interrupt anyone at the time. But if you... My thought is, if you swap out anyone in this whole arrangement, whether it's Sorkin, whether it's Fincher, whether it's someone like Jesse Eisenberg or something like that, I don't think you get this. I don't think you get to where where I would call this, uh, not a masterpiece, but a really uh, an amazing film. I don't think you'd get to that level if you swapped out any one piece. So I don't think it's, yeah. I think it's mostly about just an amazing combination yeah. of just the the perfect people and their craft, kind of what Chris was saying. I think if you pulled someone out and used someone a little lesser in any of those spots, I don't think it would be as acclaimed. Yeah, I was more thinking about how Chris was talking about how this is kind of, you know, seen as one of the best movies of the decade. So as in like, usually those, those uh, uh, accolades are given like post, you know, you know, maybe a year or two after the movie has come out. So I was just, I was saying that in a way is like, is it, is it at that level because of, you know, the, the heightened awareness of social media and and its impact on our, our society versus, you know, the, um, skill of the acting and directing and writing on this film. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying, Chris. I mean, I mean, Casey, like, or Chris and Casey is that I don't think if you swapped out, um, especially like Eisenberg, I think really carries this film. This isn't a dig on Andrew Garfield, but maybe his role could have been swapped out. I don't know. Do you think he brought the heat as Eduardo? um, Eduardo. Maybe it just comes naturally. Like he just kind of seemed like a vul- a vulnerable character, yeah. you know. Like he, you know, like. Well, yeah, and to Chris's point, he he was like a, a good friend. You every time you watch him, he looked like he's actually trying to be a good human to Mark. Like I think of this scene when they walk into the that stupid luau party or whatever. Um, and the first thing he does is kind of do a really stupid cheesy like dance up to Mark, which it just seemed really. Uh, I don't know. It seemed not genuine because he's an actor, but you know, it just felt like the right thing. Like that's, that's a dumb thing you do to someone that you felt close to. You do a cheesy dance, walking up to him, knowing you look like an idiot. Um, he wasn't trying to be cool in the moment is like, yo, this is my friend. So even just like small things like that. 
Yeah, like that totally worked for me. And like, actually, you know, the only little tiny dig I have on this movie is later on in that scene where they go outside and it's really cold out is the, uh, um, they CGI their cold breath. <laughs> so like the breath is fake. Yeah. Like it looked, it looks a little unnatural. Like, I don't know. Then it's like, well, if they're going to do that, their skin is like, I mean, we're from the north, right? We know what it's like when they beat, if you're outside, it's super cold out, and like you're just wearing like a. T- we're the goosebumps. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> cool. Well, if you made it this far, I want to thank you again for listening to this episode of Movie Time Machine, as we chit chat about the movie The Social Network. Um, just to let you know that we try to drop episodes as much as we can every Friday on your favorite podcasting platforms. Um, if you want to make any comments or ask us any questions to read on the show, uh, reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at William Machine Pod, um, or go ahead and leave those questions in the comments on our iTunes podcast or anywhere you can leave co- comments on your podcast platform. So that does it for tonight. Again, stay safe out there. Um, want to thank everybody from the podcast crew for making time to do this and get together. Hope you guys stay safe, keep your family safe, and. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.